Hey, we're back. Word. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> I'm still uh, yeah. laughing about that. This, this actually happened a couple weeks ago, and I've been waiting to show you. Uh, a friend of mine took a picture of me at work and sent it through the Snapchat gender filter. Oh, God. And it turned me into... <laughs> Whoa. Let me see. What does that look like? <laughs> Our sister. It yes. looks exactly <laughs> like Whoa. your sister. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I sent it to Katie, and she sent back in all caps, "Weird, yeah. stop." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all no. The expression, right. the expression is very you, but the rest of it is. Um, I just know she's she, not she, wrong. She goes, "Hey, look!" Like this coworker of mine was like, "Hey, you know, look up at me." And I looked up at her, and she took the picture and sent it through the thing and showed it back to me. And I go, "That's my sister." <laughs> Do you always that, talk like is, is you like when you get excited to do it too and see if it comes back as you? That's right. a pretty good idea. Well, apparently, my brother-in-law got kind of skeeved out, yeah. <laughs> as as he should be. Look. Yeah, but I've been oh saving it. God. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's is a, that's a, a successful segue back into the show after two weeks. Special so, uh, way to get going. Yeah, Shane's been off at uh, the old Kerfolk. I've been off doing that. Kevin's been off. We've all been doing stuff. It's the start of the summer. Yeah, you know? it's true. Party time. Everybody wants to go to Disney. By the way, I ran into three people in the last two weeks that went that just got back from Disney World. Do they all have progeny? No. Was one That's of them the Morrissey? One. They just like adults went to Disney World? Yes. One of the three, like it was a, a couple um, and then one by herself with a group of friends, like how you go to like to Padre Island or, you know, go to the beach. No, they just all went to Florida and went to Disney World. Um, and then the other one had like, the other couple had like one kid, but two out of the three. I was like, who who goes to fucking Disney World? Dude, my, my uh, brother and sister-in-law. Okay, yeah, well at least now. once a year. And all these three people, at least once a year? Yes. Shane, you of course remember my girlfriend, Sarah. When I we do. were like 25, we went to Schlitterbahn, and like it was just, we were like, we're the wrong age. Just a, we were yeah. a little bit too old and not quite old enough. Right, like uh, Schlitterbahn is made for people that are like 10 through 13. And right. it should unpack yeah. this on the other side. Yeah, for yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. Okay, we're back. At, we're back. The boys are back in town. Mark, can you fix that in post? Yeah, we're doing our double it. lead there. Yeah. Can we please start the show? All right. All right. Thank you. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Mark. I'm Kevin. Somebody likes it. Lots going on. Um, Mark and I'm. We're actually both recently in New Orleans this weekend, and uh, just like through, so without getting into details, a coincidence. Uh, yes, it was just a, we just I was like, "What no, are I you doing here?" We were walking across like, the huh? street, right? Would you like yeah. Photoshop your buddy into like your vacation photos? Yes, exactly. No, um, no, for my for my birthday, uh, I and a few friends went to New Orleans for a couple of days. And Mark was one of them, and uh, I thought you were going to say Mark was there too. <laughs> yes, well, that's I've already <laughs> well, I Mark used that joke in person. I yes. was like, I figure I can't try that again. But but anyway, one of the things that I considered doing because I have some friends who have spent lots of times in New Orleans. Like one, my original stupid idea was like, hey, I wonder if they would do a second line for my youth, like a 
like just where they get the band and the treme together and they march through the streets that and they like, normally do for funerals like right. or like like they're just they're all sitting around going like god i wish i had a stupid idea from a doughy white guy to execute today that did not happen so uh so we're like a day before Did you actually ask somebody or was it just no i was I'd like i i was kicking around like i was like i wonder if it would even be possible to make that happen and then it occurred to me that i was like no you would just massively offend people so it never came up but but then Dr. John died. Lucky for you. I know. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> oh, because there was stuff all over the weekend? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so Dr. John died, and so uh, we got to go on the jo- Dr. John second line. How amazing must have that That been? is That is a time to, if you're going to be in New Orleans, like. Yeah. Well, and it's weird. It, like, was, it was weird. The I-10 corridor was just like death central the last week, and so I wondered, did you have a layover in Houston? Um, yeah, but it was really short. Okay, like I'm just like because we we have? had we had Rocky Erickson in Austin, oh, oh, Doctor John in New Orleans, and Bushwick Bill in Houston. Yeah, right. I was going to talk. I just wondered if Bushwick Kevin was Bill. like spreading death up and down I-10. Yes, right. Yeah, well, no. So we got a layover like the the angel of they're like you can't move anymore. Right. Yeah, it's like you have to stay you get, here for just a second. You get really weird li- looks dressed like death when you're picking up your luggage. But um, sure, no, yeah, but it, like just really as dumb luck had it. Um, I mean, not for him, obviously, but Dr. John passed away. And actually, this is what this is another little weird sidebar on that same story. So I reached out to a friend of mine who really is kind of responsible for like tipping me off to a bunch of different things to do in New Orleans. And I told her, like, I was like, by the way, I was like, usually I would take your advice on this, but I was like, we just decided to wing it and do some other stuff. And um, she heard about dr john passing away she doesn't live in new orleans anymore for me and she was like she anyway the short version of this story and i guess we're past that point anyway is is that she's really good friends with a fine dining chef who in turn was really good friends with dr john and they had like you know dr john would just go off the radar for a while but this guy would know that his friend was still okay because he used to cook all this crazy shit for him he's like if you get an order in for like somebody to make him possum he was like, oh, Dr. John is still okay. So, anyway, yeah. That is weird. It is what, weird. What, so he was, like, was weird. Y- yeah. yeah. What, but was, bad, his, what, was, his, what was his big hit? Oh. Uh, I was in the rap place. Place. Must have been the wrong time. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a, he had a couple. I love and, his music. And uh, theme, theme song like for Curious George. What's that? He did He did the theme song for the Curious George cartoons. I did not know that. That's true. Gotcha. If you listen to it, like you're like you can't unhear it now. But didn't I, he? I, I think he did a duet with like Leon Redbone, which makes a whole sounds lot of about sense. right. Yeah. yeah. And then with the with the Bushwick Bill stuff, uh, I was telling, I was telling Mark was like, I Bushwick don't know if Bill of the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, Mark was like, I don't know the Ghetto Boys. I was like, Well, you know that scene in Office Space where they're killing the printer. I was like, Hammond That's Bill's the Ghetto Boys. <laughs> yeah. And so he was like, Oh, that's how you bring it home. Just. Yeah. Through the office space, and then to. and for other uh, songs, Rocky heard. Erickson in Austin, of course, yeah, that's crazy town. Yeah, it was just like all the the favorite sons of like, of individual cities. In cities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Rocky Erickson, like basically, you know, he's one of those artists that if you only know one song or two, like uh, you're gonna miss me, you're and, gonna miss me. And all you have to hear is that scream in the beginning of the song, and you know <laughs> it's a third, yeah, yeah that, that's that's good. Yeah, what's his face from the Nouns did that pretty well back in the day, Travis. Oh, anyway, ben nobody else everybody knows. Everybody know knows the nouns. They're like, yeah. oh, Travis, right? That was his name. I'm yeah. just saying. Uh, if we're talking about language, but two-headed dog also that would be like okay, the other so, song if you know so, two. So I want to. So I want to say something about two-headed dog. I was in my car um, 
when I found out that Rocky Erickson died. And so I was listening to a bunch of the tri- I was driving like out of town, and I, I was listening to a bunch of tributes, and uh, on uh, KUTX, the uh, the local. Mm-hmm. You know, music, music, uh, public radio, public radio, right? And um, and they they played Two Headed Dog, which is a song that I've heard before, but I've never quite paid attention to how incredible the lyrics are. Just nonsensical. Well, it's like Two Headed Dog, Two Headed Dog, Two Headed Dog, like you know, and they're talking about like something from Moscow or whatever. He was he was an eccentric, weird cat. Like he took a lot of drugs. Well, Um, he was legitimately crazy. Well, yeah, a friend of mine toured Australia with him. He was friends with his son, Jagger, and his son, like, convinced his dad to bring this guy on to play guitar on their Australian tour. How long ago and was this? How long ago? Yeah. Like, seven or eight years ago, something okay. like that. Recent. It was, when, it was when I was booking Frontier. Um, this guy Bar- was in one of the bands that I like to book there. And anyway, uh, he toured with Rocky, but Rocky kept thinking he was Jimmy Vaughn and kept calling him Jimmy. And they figured out that it was, like, I guess he had worked with Jimmy Vaughn back in the day, and I guess this guy has a passing resemblance to him. And anyway, he was too polite to correct him. But, yeah, he was he had his issues, but, you know, sweet guy. As, and as far friend, as I know. Our friend uh, Michael Crawford actually took that iconic photo of him, uh, Gibby Haynes, and Willie. Uh, oh, yeah. That kind of was making the rounds a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, and rest I, in peace, all of them. Yeah, that's what happens. When I heard um, about Bushwick Bill dying, th- it was through a piece on NPR. I knew he was sick, but um, boy, is there nothing more interesting to hearing Mary Louise Kelly and a guy that obviously works and reports within the urban music scene talking about Bushwick Bill and his legacy. It was one of... Th- I won't say the funniest things I've ever heard, just off-putting just things. Weird, just like, like uh, Yeah, just the complete juxtaposition. Like, well, and discordant. how about this? Yeah. I for, well, now you've got to tell me about horrorcore. What is horrorcore? <laughs> yeah, I yeah mean, apparently that dude, uh, girl I'm uh, friends with, so he used to hit her up for pot, but she doesn't smoke weed, and he just kept doing it over and over again. She was running the lights at some show he was uh, playing, and, and he kept for some reason, thought she had weed and she did not. One of the more interesting, th- and that is pretty uh, fascinating. Yeah. Is that a way to, way to stick the landing on w- that story. W- one of the more interesting things that they were talking about on that uh, retrospective of his life um, on NPR was the fact that toward the end of his life, he became, because I didn't know this, that before he got in the Ghetto Boys, he was actually in seminary and uh, was training to be like, not a priest, but a pastor and some, but he... Um, like a Baptist church or something? Something like that, yeah. So toward the end of his life, and they played some samples of, of the music, uh, it definitely was, um, he became born-again Christian, and it was all like aimed toward God. So all um, right, well, very interesting sure. turnaround toward the end of his career. Anyway, RIP all three of those guys, because they all fucking were badasses. I love all three of those music. Absolutely. All three of those musics. All three of their, their music? Yes, thank and you. We knew where you were going. All right, so let's let's let us discuss the item at hand. Um, the way so the way I teased this the last time that we were together was that uh, for sometimes sometimes I will willfully like just step aside from like whatever the common craze is, like just not do it. Um, Sometimes, and we don't need to go down the rabbit hole in this, but well, like you don't like you don't like to hop on board when bands are like super buzzy. Some, uh, s- I mean, some sometimes if I if I catch them independent of knowledge of the buzz, like 
which just makes it sound like I'm being obstinate for no reason. But anyway, sometimes sometimes buzz for buzz sake like doesn't doesn't seem like there's critically like people are always thinking it through. So it's like I don't always connect with things when they're popular for whatever reason. That wasn't necessarily the case with the band that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, But I'm but I missed their their arc altogether. Like, yeah, I I didn't I had never heard of them before listening to this. Yeah. And uh, I like it a lot. Yeah. So anyway, tonight we're going to talk about Whitney, uh, an American band from Chicago, made up chiefly of ex-members of the Smith Westerns. Yeah, um, for this record, it was their duo, I mean, with a bunch of, you know... Bit players. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I think yeah. now they're like a five or six piece. Yeah, that, that may very well be true. But, but anyway, yeah, that's, it's, it's really like sort of a, um, two main guys, and they put out a... They put out a their, Debut uh, record was called Light Upon the Lake that came out in 2016, and that's the record we're going to talk about for the show. And uh, anyway, I, you know, so I went, so I like the Smith Westerns fine. Like, I, I don't like, think I've ever heard them. Oh, uh, if you, if you, you would know if you heard, I mean, they had a little thing going for, I remember for the this. name. Yeah. Uh, you remember Smith and Wesson. That's a rap. Well, that's, duo. that's why I remember the name. It's actually really, it's a good exercise in band branding. You think about it, like it's memorable. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they were. I mean, they're a decent act, but um, for whatever reason, just didn't sound like they really caught fire. And this, you know, the parallel. Um, it strikes me, and it's not exa- obviously not exactly the same thing. The music is a uh, different timber to it, but. Um, oh, good lord! Why am I, um, Julian Baker? The idea that you can sort of go from this one act that's like a fully formed thing, but for whatever reason, just never tracks, like doesn't get traction, mm. um, and do something completely different with Julian Baker. It's like I'm going to go record a bunch of super intimate songs at uh, at a university in the middle of Tennessee, and with these guys, it was like they just one of them, one of the guys from Smith Western, uh, uh, the Smith Westerns went and recorded a solo record, and then really a bunch of the other guys from that act or at least two of them, came and put this this light upon the lake together. And so, anyway, um, I finally caught wind of it a few months ago, and um, and I just heard it with fresh ears. I had heard one of the singles a few times, and it just didn't really connect with me straight away. And then uh, when I got to know it again, I thought more of it. And so I had this one in my hip pocket for a little while. Yeah, this is one of those ones that I, I didn't know anything about going into it and just went into it with like blind ears and like from just the opening notes, I was like, Oh dude. Yes. And the first thing I thought was like, Oh, elephant six type stuff, but not really like, uh, there's a little bit of that in there. I could kind of see a little bit of like Beulah or, uh, some, it's not super sixties pop though. Like, no, but it's like early seventies Laurel Canyon. Yeah. I could see that. Seventies. Uh, none of these guys existed then, but, uh, but it is neither do a lot of people that play a lot of music. Like that is written. true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, it's well, it's like the happiest record about a sad thing. Like I guess it's like kind of a breakup record. Um, but just there are just these really sunny pop melodies in it. Well, and that kind of that kind of stuff hits me where I live. Like songs that have essentially like a sunny delivery or like a summery disposition, mm-hmm. but lyrically are kind of like dark and fucked up like that's the kind of stuff where i'm like oh well now i can kind of you can get into it on an intellectual level and at the same time like 
uh, this record just fun is, to listen to like the top the down. Polar opposite of uh, Nine Inch Nails' "Pretty Hate Machine," which is a, also a breakup record, but <laughs> really pissed about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just goes to show you we all handle those things uh, differently. I also love that record too, but in a different way. Yeah, I would. I'd say so, Mark. What you think, dog? You've had some time. I got a little tired of the falsetto. Well, Mark, sh- sure. Oh, uh, see, oh, uh, the table's divided. <laughs> yeah, table's divided tonight. Yeah, I mean, I and I think that's a fair criticism. I mean, it's there not is falsetto. It's just a high, high range. I think singing. it's a falsetto. It's falsetto. In, in fact, I, I went back and read the Pitchfork review, and he calls it a winsome falsetto. Mm. Uh, which to me, it is. I, I, wouldn't I be enjoyed. The word I, would I enjoyed used. the music. I enjoyed like the structure of the songs and everything. I, I just. No, you really. So I would have liked a little bit more of a, a range of range. Yeah, I think that this record, whether you like <laughs> Dude, it or there's like a jazz song on here. There's one of them that sounds like the friggin' Almond Brothers. I mean, have vocal range. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, you're right the, there. No, the instrumentation is great. <laughs> the songs the actually aren't that really that good. But it, I think it. Re- I think it comes down to two things. Can, can you stomach his voice? And can you, which I definitely couldn't. It sounded like Beaker was fronting the band. <laughs> me. Me, me, me. A lot like that. Um, uh, I would have rather had the Swedish show. You know what? Every, every <laughs> Me too. Trust me. Um, every song felt like this to me. Like, I would, I would enjoy the outro on the way out, and then all of a sudden, like, I would just be like, and then his voice would come back again, and it felt like somebody poked me with a pin. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, absolutely one of the worst records in my opinion, that I normally love everything you pick, I had li- made myself listen to it twice, and I just cannot overstate. Kevin, how I've much literally listened to this, this of my own volition at least fifteen times. I can just <laughs> say my opinion. In fact, <laughs> no, I'll it's fine. Mic down, it, and I did not have that violent of a response. Yeah, well, and and to be like, to, and to be fair, so and I, you know, who knows? Maybe this is one of those where like. Had you started it a week ago, you'd still have the exact same visceral reaction. Oh, oh I, yeah. But but at least for me, like the way, and this is just probably a different a difference in the way that it hits me. Like, I definitely think that the first time that I heard it, like the where the octave that his you know that he like kind of sits at is unusual. Like so for That's people who, for people who don't dig it like yeah it totally uh, makes sense i don't like but, high male voices in general but yeah. this was just like nails on a chalkboard and i listened to it on the way over here so again, you, by the way. you a big jane's addiction fan <laughs> you know i'm not a big jane's addiction <laughs> <fan>. <laughs> i know <laughs> i love that band but anyway <laughs> two records of theirs anyway or yeah. like tra- uh, um uh, what's that other one with the, the bald head dude billy corgan like his fucking ugh, i can't understand. they have one album i love uh, sure but yeah. i'm talking about like for me timbre wise like it's just impossible for me to get past it and like there was even one song on this record that finally, because I didn't like the songs either, but like there was, I liked the instrumental one, that was good, and yeah. then the, and then the one after it, Polly, like I really enjoyed that song, which is definitely not a Nirvana cover, by the way. No, it is no, it is not. Uh, but the song was really well written. It was it was good. It was cool with the with like the Rhodes keyboards on it, and just the whole time I'm just trying to hold together like and not turn my fucking. Spotify up because I cannot stand the guy's voice. It's just a matter of. I'm surprised you didn't like the record. I, I, I just it. wonder if you put a different vocalist on it. If uh-uh. I didn't like the songs either. I thought the lyrics sucked. I didn't like the the structure of the songs. There was a couple decent songs on it if you put a different lyricist in front of it. But I mean, singer in front of it. But yeah, not my bag, and especially not my bag with that singer. 
But again, it's just a matter of taste. Well, maybe so we got a couple of notes, Whitney. If you'll just change <laughs> pretty much everything, everything about <laughs> your band, the song should be new and the people should be different. But other than that, yeah, well, yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe it'll just be warm. a different band. Yeah. And right. Shane, I'm maybe, I'm all maybe it'll it. warm your heart to hear that uh, I was playing this uh, at the house. And my roommate was like, uh, "What is this hippie shit?" <laughs> and, and you know what? Her opinion doesn't count because she has, of her own volition, uh, bought and spent money on a Hoobastank CD. Ooh. That's way worse than this. Yes. Yee. And so her opinion doesn't count. Uh, I don't that's know. That's a band that's it's all a ma- it's all a matter of taste, personal taste. It's oh not, sure, you know. Yeah, yeah. no. Hoobastank is a is a band, by the way. That sounds like that is their name is automatopoeic. I'm not gonna like. Them. I don't even and know then, if I oh, know sure. any Hoobastank songs. I just know that how shitty that name is. If you it's if you heard that Hoobastank Hoobastunk, would you really be that surprised? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, thank that's you, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you're back. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, let's roll one of these. Um, this one goes out to Shane. Let's play Golden Days. Kachik and Julian Ehrlich, both from formerly the Smith Westerns. Those are the guys we were talking about. Um, that, uh, Ehrlich that sings, right? Yes, it is. I believe so. Yeah, it is. It is Ehrlich that sings. But yeah, that was anyway. That was Golden Days, uh, a track that Pitchfork refers to as their pleasantly and thoughtfully vintage new single uh, when it came out. Now Shane doesn't. Shane's not feeling it. Bread. I think it, can I, it's just it's just a little fun, little happy, sunny pop song. Sure. Can I get my description of what? You know how Ryan likes to come in and like, you know, if this sounded like this and this and this combined, this is like how I think. So if you got like Jackson Brown, Todd Rundgren, David Crosby, and they wanted a singer that was even higher than Neil Young to <laughs> sing for them, and they hired Elmo. Do you mean that he was like, <laughs> they hired you Elmo? mean like he was and on Elmo something, or do you mean like that he just read No, no, he, like they out. wanted a voice that was even higher than, oh, okay. I yeah. seen the needle in the damage you know, like, gone. Yeah, say again, we're nailing it. <laughs> if, if so, they Ring hired tones. Elmo like, to come in and sing for them, you know, in like 1970. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what that sounds like to me. Yeah. On this harvest moon. That's, that's pretty good, Neil Young. <laughs> yeah. Now imagine Elmo. On this harvest moon. Damn, that yeah. was a really good yeah. Elmo. That's, that's little, spooky for somebody yeah. who doesn't have kids. <laughs> yeah. We're curious. To it is. Um, anyway, I mean, you know. I even stunned Kevin for a second there. <laughs> well, no, I mean, we can talk about that stuff too, but. But uh, but uh, you know, I mean, I I just think in general, like there is a there is a there's an over there are undertones here across the board of of like sunny seventies, yeah, pop, it, it, like yeah, it, it to me like uh, it absolutely sounds like a seventies record, but like 
happier than that jack- decade uh, generally is thought of. Yeah, maybe uh, on less cocaine. Probably, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, less cocaine, more like gummy bears, because it is the Elmo after all. Yes, so. well, I, mean, I think you just got gummy sugar bears on the mind. Those, those gummy bears, bears might have some CBD in well, them. <laughs> so you yeah. didn't. So Shane, you didn't even like the the first song. I think the guitar tone in that in that song is. I like, can't get past his voice. Um, and I like I like the instrumentation for most of these songs, but at some point it just became such an well, elephant in the room. And like I think I just, it's so well produced considering it's, it, it's a pretty bare bones affair. It's like. really well produced. The instrumentation is good. I don't particularly care for most of the songs. I definitely don't like the lyrics. I think we've other I've than that my, though. Well, the instrumentation <laughs> is really good. The band is good. Yeah, like totally. And, and so a, it was produced by uh, some dude from Foxygen. Yes. Um, oh, he's he's producing a lot. In fact. Well, we'll talk about this later, but yeah, he's like producer du jour right now, and he's making some fucking awesome, awesome. He's records. having his like Butch Vig moment. Yeah, I- except for like little, you know, a little much more smaller, under the radar. Little, <laughs> yeah, but some really good stuff. Well, yeah, and these guys are on secretly Canadian out of Bloomington. So. Have you yeah, heard Bloomington, that Foxygen Indiana. stuff anyway? Have you guys listened? No, to that? I've seen that name around a whole lot. That's I another one that I, that name I just sticks on the brain. It's a little yacht rocky, but um, well, that would make sense for this. Yeah. Uh, so did you know the story about like how this was recorded? Nope. It's it's real Wes Anderson. They slept in a tent in the in the guy's backyard while they were recording it. Like the whole band? Well, the, all two of them. Uh, well, yeah, but there are a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of. Musicians I mean, there was. In yeah, the I think now. the session guys either you know came from their apartments or we're, stayed. We're going hotels home. Hotels or whatever, but. Uh, the two principals like stayed in a friggin' tent in the backyard. Well, that's pretty Wes Anderson. That is really Wes Anderson. If they were gonna like reading by the light of like a like one of those Coleman <laughs> yeah. Coleman lantern. I'm yeah. totally seeing them like in matching pajamas and it's yeah, like, totally. the, the the lilting voice of Alec Baldwin is somewhere yes. in the distance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's quirky. I mean, I will say this: like, it's not like in terms of Wes Anderson uh, type bands. Like, it's not. It's not uh, Vampire Weekend. The, it, no, it's not Vampire Weekend. <laughs> like, this is exactly Which actually reminds me, like, uh, you kind of hit on something. So there are two mashups that I really, one of them is a Vampire Weekend thing, but I think No Woman mashed up off this record, mashed up with uh, 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 Don't Let Me Down Yeah, by the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, oh, that one. It would be inspired. Uh, and also uh, Vampire Weekend's uh, Oxford Comma and Honky Tonk Women, I think, would just... Trust me on this one. <laughs> I don't. It kept occurring. Yeah. Anyway, uh, somebody save me here. Now, yeah. there's, one, there's one song on here that I recall uh, having uh, that that warped record kind of. Yes, sound. there is a Mac DeMarco uh, homage. Yeah, uh, I liked it slightly better than. Uh, actual back tomorrow. See, we just keep calling him out. He's like, I don't like do tune things, and then over and over and over again, we're like, well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the song. Oh, okay, that's that's the song I, I like. Oh, right, at that time, that's I the song I like the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it follow? Uh, it is. I think it's uh, on my own. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, sir. For right now, I just want to date your daughter. Right. Sure. <laughs> No, you know, and I do think that there are there are some of the influence here, like you mentioned, David Crosby, like that, like there's some of that stuff going on. I mean, obviously, these Graham guys are, Parsons, yeah, maybe some, yeah, yeah perhaps. Well, um, I mean, so stylistically, they kind of jump all over all over the map. There's like a jazz song. There's that Mac DeMarco thing, um, and 
I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like this very much has like in the age of streaming, this record is an album with two sides. Oh, like that's as, true. As soon as Light Upon the Lake is over, mentally like flip the record because the next one is like absolutely the first song from the second side. I don't know. Yeah. So you're so we're talking sequencing now? Yeah, pretty much. I thought it was really well sequenced. I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Um you guys are just not helping me here at all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, Shane's like checking baseball scores or I'm something. I'm actually not. I'm I'm looking at some w- w- I have a a number of different songs I'm going to play in the middle and I've just I've just decided on which one I wanted to play. So um, yeah, I mean, I just don't really care about this album that much, but I do, I do like listening to you. I mean, I like listening to what you're saying about like it having two distinct sides. You're right about that. You kind of lose that. Um, but well, also, like, I like the fact that it's a short album. There's not that many songs on. I mean, that's well, true. Well, I, I, I didn't mean, mean it like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. I, I didn't mean it like that. But you're yeah. not offending me. I didn't pick the thing, but like, yeah, uh, it's only a thirty minute. And, yeah, and I didn't record thirty minutes, it. and that's like, but a, that's, yeah, true. that's okay. like an old vinyl EP. You know, like maybe you know, like uh, maybe side, maybe the Newsome family has like a gene mutation that just gets this record. Could be. Uh, Could be. That would be a really bizarre gene mutation. Like for very specific. Dude, I found out this is. Tangentially related, um, there's a gene mutation for people who are like me that can't get their days and nights straight. Like, essentially, scientists have figured out through some study that like people who have this certain gene mutation, like that, are just night people. Um, essentially, have a their body is set on a 26 hour clock, and they can just never catch up. Uh, so. And you have that gene mutation? Guilty as charged, yeah. There's a lot of wow. speculation about There's definitely night people and day people. Like, There's a lot of research about that right now. But um, you want to play another one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a way to tee that up, Shane. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do, let's do, um, there, I mean, th- and I do think that it's true that like there are, this is, this feels like, uh, you know, it's not an essay. It's a, it's a book. Like it's a, there's, yeah, there's a complete it's a, it's body a, of work. It's, it's a novella. Minutes. Yeah, you know, maybe, sure. It's compact, you yeah. know. It's it's cliff notes. <laughs> it's not cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's right. saying it's a thirty-minute long book. Well, yeah. That's. I mean, Jolene I was our show a complete, is like the cliff notes complete version work for and albums. Yeah. Yeah. The Descendants right. are, you know, putting together albums that are meant to be digested at while you're sitting at the drive-through. Like, or, there, punk there, or give you indigestion, right? Was yeah, punk band, the Minutemen, like all their songs were like a minute or less. Yes, yes, yes. Um, all right, well, let's let, Shane mentioned Polly a while ago. Let's do that one. It also is a that song has a really weird video, so oh, we can pull that up. Yeah, sure. Let's let's do that. Anytime I feel my week is near me.
like the Adam Ant video that we watched a couple of weeks ago. How so? <laughs> it had people in it. Drawn, drawn, drawn. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's a sort of an abstract uh, video. It seems like it has a narrative, but it never really goes anywhere. And yet, sitting on a park bench, uh, riding in a go kart, sitting in a go kart, flipping the go kart. Why are there two yeah. steering wheels? I don't know. Never figured that part That's out. Buddies. Oh, oh, is that what it is? Okay. Anyway. Yeah, it's a video for Polly. Is uh, like somebody did like up on anime. downtime uh, when they were working on BoJack Horseman or something. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, they're on lunch break Fair and enough, they got to yeah. knock out. Let's go <laughs> knock out this video for their friends. Yeah, <laughs> indie label. Yeah, and it is. I do think that maybe indie labels are a little prone to um, super abstract. This has nothing to do with the. Yeah, the the video is a little twee. It's a little it is it is a little twee. It's a little precious. Yes. Uh, you know that's fine. I think that song's great. It's yeah. A, it by also far is the best song on the record. That horn part, like that's oh, and how like a lot of it. It's how they would. Did you notice where they would suspend P mm-hmm. for a second, like on the one, and then come back in, and the drums. It was really interesting. And the and then the trumpet did it later. Um, but you know another thing is that partially I think why it didn't bother me so much is there's that mellotron going on underneath it and it's kind of those keys are in lower keys so it kind of feels like a balance where as the guitar necessarily doesn't so the keys to me sound like a balance between like i just don't like the sonically the sound of his voice it's not the it's not how high he sings i just don't like sonically the sound yeah, of his yeah voice. there's something about his temper that you just don't yeah, do it it's for just, you you know i feel like, like um it sounds like on this record to me that these guys like each other like, they just get along, you know, and they trust each other's musical instincts. Why don't you cut out some little paper dolls of them and, like, play yeah, with them? Yeah, like, like, that'll be their hey, next Hey, let's that, make some music that, together. That'll, that'll be you the next play video. guitar. That'll I'll be, sing. That'll be their next that video. Sounds great. Is, that, yes. is that how they talk? Well, that's how Ryan, when he cuts out, like, he's going to find, like, No, it just kind of sounds like they yeah. trust each other to, like, go on little experimental jags, and they mostly work. I liked the first song that we played. Mm-hmm. I love this song. Pretty much, I can take any song off of this album, and I really like it. It's just when I have it to build to it. So that's really interesting. So individually, you connect with them more than you do as a cohesive like brain work. That's Definitely. really I, that's I, I find that a lot with records, personally. Yeah. There's some that we've, that we've reviewed, not reviewed, but talked about before. Interrogated. Inter- yes. Like, <laughs> you're going to tell me why you suck so bad. <laughs> I'm going to get through to you. I've been talking to Meatloaf. Ozzy for an hour. I, I can't anywhere. understand a word he says. <laughs> like walk around the table like, <laughs> Shane's Shake. doing the Khrushchev. What's that? Yeah. The Khrushchev. The, the banging. Oh, on the, oh yeah. no, no! I was doing like the like Law and Order, like where bad cop. The, yeah. Like oh yeah. Just, you know. You're gonna tell me why you suck so bad. Anyway, uh, to me, like the record hangs together, but it does kind of jump around stylistically. I mean, there's a straight up jazz that. song on here. That, to me, none like of that like matters. bebop. It, would you would you? Concede that that sounds like bebop. Not the one, not that one, but not I think that it's one. The, the one like right before it, I believe. The instrumental one. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound like bebop. It's just I instrumental. I don't know dick about jazz, uh, but it's jazz. Uh, but there's one that's like to me like straight up like Almond Brothers. Uh, I don't know. It mostly sounds yeah. to me like I said before. Seventies Laurel Canyon. Seventies Laurel Canyon. If you had Beaker fronting the band, but um, but. But mo- okay, so let's be serious though. I mean, just musically, that's what it sounds like to me. And the music is not the music is great. Whoever he had play on this record, um, like I can get behind it. I don't just for me the the songwriting and the singing and the lyrics like 
you know, if we could get rid of that and just yeah. just listen to uh-huh. the band play, like the end the arrangement. I do think that's like in a weird way that that's probably kind of the risk that you like it can't. But that's how that guy sings. Like it can't be the first time that this has ever come up. But it's like I do think oddly, it's like if you're not going to sound like everybody else. Then you risk you run the risk of cutting the room in half sometimes. But you know, or at what? Least I think like, those who uh, those who do like it like it more. Oh right. sure, and, yeah. And just like generic. I, yeah, I connect with it. It sounds like you like I, with it, I but, wasn't into like, that Jenny Lewis record for the opposite reason. It's too generic. Like her voice is just like well the yeah the Jenny, female singer the Jenny Lewis record sounded like somebody was blowing sunshine and not giving her actual good feedback on the the songs just weren't. Outstanding and th- like like yeah. I said in that show like three have never been a, that outstanding though like well she she's been a lot more interesting ones. than she was in the in that record I, see, I that, like that which record, we but yeah yeah we've anyway, already hashed yeah. it we've already talked about that but anyway but but where in contrast like yeah this, I don't know this is like, a niche taste but like if you like that niche you really like that niche right right They're, and that's why I took I was trying to take you know, pains to say it in the beginning, like it's just a matter of taste ultimately. Oh, sure. Like, and yeah. this is one of those some things. people, it's it's not some like people just, uh, that's look, not their cup of tea. Meatloaf, bad out of hell. That's just, <laughs> just not straight just, up you're bad just wrong. Music. You're yeah. wrong. Yeah. If you right. like it, you're, you, you don't a, know yourself. You're a bad person. You yeah. don't know yourself. You know, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you probably beat puppies. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's just, that's just wrong. This is just. You've taken do you a, think a that wrong a, a detour down the wrong path. You deserve to be in prison. Do yes. you think that that's why he moved from Austin? That because he, that of me? No, no, because. It's Chased b- him with pitchforks. Pitch yeah, because he'd, like, <laughs> he'd just be like out somewhere and somebody would be like, oh, there's that asshole that sold millions of records and I hate it and I can't get past it. And he finally went, well, I just time to pack up my shit. Probably. I'd yeah. be fine with that. Uh, well, let, who's got middle of the night? I do. Chain? Yeah. What you got? Well, well t- I'll tell you. Okay. I had two different ideas tonight, both from the same period of time, both very different sounding songs, and I went with one. For a couple of different reasons, but one is that Ryan has an, a story um, that regards the song, and we'll, we'll talk about that after we listen to it. And the other one, which I think one of us should bring back at some point, which um, is, um, believe what? it or not, it's just me, the theme to The Greatest American Hero. Oh, yeah. yeah this um, would have both been around like 81 or 82, something yeah, like that. Early 80s. That yeah, early 80s. That show's still on the air. Like it's still in reruns. That guy, I just saw it. Still gets checked. I was hungover, like on a Saturday afternoon, like flipping broadcast channels, and it was like on MeTV or something. Every t- what does that have to do with the song that you're picking? He almost picked. I that almost song, picked that song. theme song. Oh. From yeah, that I love that song. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll remember that. <laughs> and next time I, it, it comes up, then I'll do that. Every time it comes on, I like they're like, believe it or not. I'm like, I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't so, actually believe it. Elvira by the Oak Ridge Boys. Let's oh go on and listen. God. Yeah, Mark Mark d- doesn't like that song. But anyway, we'll listen to it. We'll come back in a minute and talk I about it.
And like I said before, this is kind of like, if you go back and listen to this song, I don't understand the, it was a huge hit, but I really don't understand the, I don't understand the audience because basically it's like, I'm pretty sure whoever produced the song in order to get the sound that they wanted, um, put a bunch of sleeping pills in everybody's coffee or water or whatever, and then had them drink it because this is some low energy. I always thought pavement kind of sounded like that, like their picks were too heavy. You know? Well, this is way worse than payment in terms of laziness. Yeah. I mean, no, no, like, this is this is barely a song. I mean, it's barely a song. I mean, you have like, I can't even get close to that. Like, like, imagine the guy, I don't know how tall he was, but you imagine being like seven five. tall. He was seven five. Um, I don't know. I'm okay, well, that's what he said. I'm imagining like. it. I'm that's imagine. what I imagine with he's, the big he's, beard. He sounds yeah. barrel chested. No, I don't know. Yeah, all of, all of the above. Imagine but, Whitney covering this song. Yeah. It would take away your hipster card, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. Anyway, yeah, so I don't know. I didn't love it. Well, okay, so <laughs> what that's the general consensus. I mean, let me put it this way. If it if we just could change the band and all of the <laughs> lyrics and then the the instrumentation and the, actually and the singers. So yeah. I, I might oh. have something that can change your mind. And which, oh, what, what Shane so was alluding to, okay, Kevin, you of course remember my friend Jason Heron. Oh sure, uh, who actually been in the hospital lately. He just got out today. I found out via his wife's Facebook. So good for him. He had pneumonia. And anyway, sounds like he's getting better. Anyhow, everybody get that. In order to get out of PE in high school, Jason uh, would work with the special ed kids at the Carlton Center, which was like adjacent to our high school. And so they would, he and a few other people would like uh, eat lunch with them. And one of the kids there was one of these that you'd, he would wear a helmet because he was known to like bang his head against the wall sometimes. And there was, Kevin, you recall there's a jukebox in the Cypher High School cafeteria, correct? Oh, there was. Guess what was in the jukebox? Oh, that song? That song. So if this uh, special ed student started banging his head, they would run over to the jukebox, put a quarter in it, and put on Elvira, and he'd stop. That's the only thing the that would calm him would down. Be. But I, lo- I love, like, when you first told me this story, and, no, you know, no, nobody, lo- I mean, it's just, just an awesome story, like, that, you know, like, Tame the Savage. How movies. did they figure that out, right, is that's what, what I want to know. That's what my question was. Like, how did they, like, of all the songs, like, that they're, was the one. You where, know, they're running around, he, they have no idea what to do, he doesn't have the helmet yet, and, you know, and suddenly, boom, bop, boom, bop, boom, like, all is well. I remember that jukebox, they used to play, there were like two songs that we play. Every one of them, one of them was "Jukebox Hero" by Foreigner. Uh-huh. And the, I'm pretty and they, sure uh, "Mountain Music" by Alabama was. Man, I don't, maybe maybe that was when you were there. The, the other one that would play all the time was um, uh, "Private Eyes" by Hollow They're Nuts. watching you. Yeah, and then the, and then all the kids would clap at the clap parts. Oh, that's great. I don't remember the Umbabas. Maybe it I just makes sense like, to me that this like, would like stop this kid from banging his head against the wall. Yeah, just because of the inverse it. law. Because that makes me want to bang my head against right. Me. Oh, well, sure. Also, yeah. like it does sound like everybody is on sleeping pills, and it like everybody playing the music. Like, and also kind of sounds like all the musicians they just went to like save money. They just went to like the VFW and like hired the VFW just, band. Yeah, like, whatever their Saturday night dudes. band was. Can I can I also just say that I feel like so Shane, when it's your turn to pick in the middle, like occasionally I'm like, 
well, surely we've been through all the shitty songs there are. <laughs> and then Shane's like, nope, no, here's one. No, I got one for you. So, yeah. It's a deep well, man. It is. Uh, it is clearly a, a deep well. It is the, you find stuff in the shag carpet of time. So, Oop, mow, with mow. the metaphors. That yes. Is, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's good there, buddy. That's deep. <laughs> all right. and, and a little sketchy. Yes. Yeah. Let, let, let's get out of here. Go back uh, to uh, Whitney Houston. Oh, right. No. no, but if you put in Whitney and Spotify, guess what comes up? Yeah, yeah. Whitney, right. Mm. You have to put Whitney Band. Yeah. All right, here we go. If people like to light upon the lake, they are really going to fuck with this. That is a direct quote. From uh, one of the guys in um, in the in Whitney the band we're talking about tonight in the in a, a giant type headline on your screen. What it is, is. yeah. It's uh, from a, a digital magazine called DIY. But anyway, they have a, they have a new record that's going to come out. It drops in August. So Shane, you can get in line early. Um, oh, they're coming start. through. They're coming through Austin in uh, September. Oh, right. Yeah, I they're playing two dates here. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to. Yeah. So anyway. Um, that wasn't an invitation. <laughs> Shane's, Shane's like already there. My roommate wanted to like come tonight, and I thought about it for half a second. I was like, "No, you have negative energy. You're n- you can't come." Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. there's a new Whitney record that's coming out in August, and uh, when when interviewed about it, the guy the guy said, like, "And none of this is um, as as dropped yet, so the tracks aren't out there." But it sounds like it's going to be darker. Uh, it turns, it, yeah, you would think so. Th- and they said that it's definitely still major key, so it still sounds in the word in the words of uh, Julian. He says, still sounds like an op- like it's optimistic. Um, so, yeah, there will be a, there will be enough for the for those of us who like have have found something that we connect to with this first record. There should be more of that, but it also sounds like it's going to be a little bit darker than the first one. So anyway. Isn't there something about like this supposed to be about substance abuse and or something? It could very well be. I don't know. I um, don't know. Doesn't it doesn't go into it. Well, the other thing that I thought about, Shane, like specific to you and this album, like not knowing, and I honestly didn't know your uh, uh, aversion to falsetto, but I don't have an aversion to falsetto. It's you know. Oh, I meant to pick Frankie Valley. It, it, it was, was the Guardian. I do have an aversion to Frankie Valley. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Frankie Valley is my least favorite male singer of the 20th oh, century. Oh man, yeah. don't ever ride in a car with our father. Yep. That's yeah. I can't. I can't <clears throat> do. I feel like I want. Stop! 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 I love yeah. you Ryan. so much, and I, right now I want to strangle you. <laughs> yeah. This mic cord. But no, it was the Guardian that said uh, those with a low tolerance for winsome male falsettos may wish to steer clear. But anyone who loves the strain of American pop that began when the birds started branching out in 1966 and 1967 should rush to hear this delightful confection. Well, I rest my case. Yeah. Anyway, we stepped on Kevin's point, so... Sound I don't forward. remember what it was now. <laughs> You're like, the one that brought <laughs> up Frankie Valley, so you should uh, have expected I hear, no, no, this is this No, that, well, this is... Here's the deal. And it actually is kind of tangentially connected to the idea of, of falsettos and your visceral reaction to Frankie Valley. Um which I was I was kidding. But anyway, so so lot of trumpet on this record. And I know that you have a specific aversion to saxophone, but it occurs to me that like in as different as context. Bre- well sure. And and in this case we're talking about different instruments. But like I do feel like 
tr- like well placed trumpet. And for me, the like I like this record better than you did. For me, the the trumpet on it works, but it's one of those things that I was, and it's also like, you know, I have a little soft spot for Beulah, so it's like there's some of that stuff that like feels like it's connected to me. I love the trumpet on it. I think yeah. trumpets are great in pop music and yeah. in horn arrangements, which you don't like. Not Every, typically, everybody but has sometimes. their taste. I love jazz saxophone. I just don't like that David Sanborn '80s like. Yeah, right. you we, know. we know. Yeah, I know. Steam vents, sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What do you say? Steam and <laughs> steam vents. Steam vents and sunglasses. <laughs> sunglasses. Right. Yeah. But yeah, the trumpet. I mean, you they 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 managed to kind of fuck up the trumpet in the '80s too, in '80s pop, where they make it sound really brittle and artificial sometimes. Right. Um, which is fucking hard to. How can you just constantly fuck up how everything sounds musically in the '80s? Um, they they did it well on this record. It it sounds alternately like triumphant, uh, and then like those little like dark like muted horn well, sounds. Just sonically, it's well recorded. The yeah. trumpet is well recorded, and the trumpet player or is got chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody that played on this record is everybody that played behind the two main dudes on this record were pretty goddamn good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of those guys, I guess the the one who's the drummer, he was like. In high school, when Smith Wether, uh, Smith, blah, 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 blah. the Smith Westerns no, 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 uh, got yeah. signed and started getting success. Were you like auctioneering for a second there? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I found my calling. Right, clearly. Uh, but like that, a little bit pisses me off because I tried really hard to make money in music and I couldn't. Well, guess what? It's a fucking crapshoot, buddy. It's true. Yeah, Kevin, we got time for one more if you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's do one more. Um. I tell you, like, so there are a few of these that I, like, you know what, why don't we do, uh, why don't we do Dave's song? I know you can't help me now And sometimes people change I've been sick since you left town Okay, this is another example of like, okay, so earlier today, uh, you like to, okay, you said this album is lightly produced. This is a super produced album. I didn't say it was lightly produced. You said, quote, lightly produced. You said lightly produced. You said right. lightly. Well, I, okay. you're taking it out of context, but like, uh, did you mean that? Did you mean I just think it's another example of how like you don't like the Mac DeMarco guitar until it's on a song that you like. You I guess I, I guess I mean that it's not like uh, tons of overdubs and studio manipulation. There's a lot of studio manipulation, especially on his vocals, um, and all over the place on that. It's just okay. it just hits you in your sweet spot. The the production Fine. is deft, but it's not. Uh, but it's, it's not heavy-handed. Right. Like, well, there's been stuff that we've listened to before. I mean, like, as opposed to, say, like, Ariana Grande. 
Like no, 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 no. I'm not talking about super that. Super heavily I'm, produced. I'm specifically <laughs> thinking of the last Courtney Barnett song that you played on. Uh, uh, like the basically all she did was write a pop melody and have harmonies on it, and you were like, "That's <laughs> so overproduced." Like, yeah, like it's just what you like. Possibly. Okay. Anyway, uh, I just wanted I do to, think I just wanted to clarify that because the more I listen to that, like the vocals are double tracked on there. There's also like echo and reverb on the vocals, and then there's like, you know. There's just a lot of stuff going on. There's horns section on it. Like it's. I just think it's well produced. Uh, yeah. I, Fair I don't know, enough. Man. I just. You're it, it, okay. Well, I disavow lightly produced. Then fine. Uh, I do think that song sounds like a fucking jam band song. It is. There's a little bit of like a jam band. A little bit, especially with that with that the guitar line. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like we had we'd gone to the thrift store and on the way back I was playing some of this and of course the roommate doesn't care for it or whatever but um, I was like yeah you know it's funny that you say that hippie shit and I was like I, I do think of some of it's a little jam bandy and she goes what's a jam band and I go Grateful Dead Fish uh, string cheese incident she goes string cheese incident what the hell is that <laughs> and I was like it's like this whole underground thing where they don't really get played on the radio but they have giant followings that just go watch them wherever giant followings yeah. Yeah, those guys, I mean she they just had no idea about that subculture what that's weird how old is she 33 you but she's still buying Hoobastang CDs. I, I, I bet she, not I, still. I, I bet, bet she did I, back I, in the day. I, I, I Many bet, of I bet them. That she wanted you to. She wanted you to take out that song. She she could put in that. I don't know who the band is, but uh, the lyric is, "Wanna put my tender heart in, in the blender." Something to know. Beautiful rendezvous when I'm through something with, something you. with you. Yeah. <laughs> who is that? Mark's I like, don't know. Mark's like, like ginger ale. <laughs> now that's what terrible. I call music Charlie. <laughs> Volume 183 So things yeah. are going really great And then at some point <laughs> Everybody just dropped off the podcast I can't figure out why Hey, so um, Aside from you guys putting a record together Which is Which we need to do yes, it, Please way. True uh, But for serious That was uh, that was a Whitney They have a new record coming out in August As we said So stand I, by I everybody. do think that uh, For an artist that I didn't know anything about Uh my favorite since Courtney Barnett. Oh, hey, there I you go. Similarly, yeah, you and, you and Shane way. will split the electorate. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I liked Courtney Barnett. Yeah. yeah. All right, so who's got the who's got the end? That would be me. I, w- I was uh, looking on the Stubbs website because my friend was going to be playing there, and I uh, discovered this, uh, n- this act we're going to listen to. Uh, apparently, she was in uh, a band called Houndmouth, which I haven't heard of, so... I may not be that hip, but um, her name is Katie Tupin, and she played Stubbs last Friday when I was in New Orleans, so I've never seen her play live, but hopefully sometime soon I will do that. But we're going to listen to, uh, she has a new album coming out uh, this month. Uh, This is one of the singles off of it called Magnetic Moves.
that's uh, Katie Tupin, Magnetic Moves, and um, I hope I'm saying her name right. And I also realized that I called her a young lady, which yeah, way to go, Gramps. Was, yeah, no, that was that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of an odd thing for me to say. Whippersnapper. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, she her her new album comes out uh, in a couple of days on the 14th of June. Um, yeah. Thoughts? Do you think that that when people listen to her songs, like music journalists, that she's ever her voice is ever referred to as smoky? Because uh, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't get that. I did. Like did with you? that lower range. Yeah. Like I would definitely hear that. Now, um, do you are you saying it's lower range just because we've been listening to higher range? <laughs> like <laughs> by like comparison, yeah. like yeah. I mean, she sings in about she the sounds same like range Barry as me, White. and I have a, like a lower singing range, like. Um, I th- I think she's definitely got um, some smoky elm. I almost promise you that that's been dropped before. I don't I know, Mark. Not when, like you, when you say thoughts, my answer is no. Like, not that I hated it. I just don't have thoughts about it. Like it, it, it definitely warmed up on me. Like, um, it's my. You know what I thought, and this not to bring this up, like in a way, just to just to subtly throw it out there. But um, the production sounded a lot like Morrissey's "You're the Quarry." Um, which is a good thing. Like I, th- I thought that was a pretty, pretty great. I think song. that was the last Morrissey record you liked, right? Well, and I, it I will, was. Yeah. I will say this: like, she asked, uh, "Are you thinking of me?" And I was like, "Well, for about three or four minutes, like, yeah, a lot." There you are, like, <laughs> like, in, yeah, you know, so, a, a sparsely populated office. She appeared to be in the cute. middle, like, just doing a video in the middle of an office renovation. <laughs> like, what was, what was happening? Dressed like Kathy the comic strip. And oh yeah, and yeah. She was way cuter than Kathy the Comic. She is cuter sure than I Kathy bring the Comic. That in there, but uh, um, um, I like that. That's the kind of song that I would definitely look forward to listening to again. Um, but not necessarily seek it out, you know, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, you would. It would be a welcome neighbor if it walked in your front door. Right. So you know, like how sometimes when you're listening, like KUTX, and you hear a song on the radio, and you're like, "Fuck!" Like I'll get. Yeah, I don't have like the shit, so I'll get home and I'll look up their playlist. You don't that have Shazam. So yeah. is that the he, shit that you're trying to? He was pantomiming. I was like, just pointing uh, at his phone. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have that, but um, so I'll get home and I'll look at the playlist. It's um, or a lot of times I'll just write down like, remember, I'll write down the time, or I'll mm. text myself the time that the song was on. Good stuff. Again yeah. with the pantomiming. Yeah, I know. And so that's one of those songs that I'll be like, damn, that's a good song. I can't wait to hear that again. But I don't necessarily know that I would like. I might get home and look it up on the playlist, but. Um, but I thought it was very enjoyable. Mark? Yeah, I've, I've listened to a couple of tracks and felt the same way. So she was in a band called uh, Houndmouth. Hound, like a dog? Yes. Hound? Okay. Uh, from clarify. New Albany, Indiana. Okay. Um, of all the Albanies, it's the newest. Yes. Yeah. It's not well, old Albany. It's one of the newer. <laughs> one, of the uh, one of the newer Albanies, Indiana. And then she left <laughs> them... Um, I guess it's been a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, she left them. And She's like, I'm apparently it was. Screw you losers like in New Albany. <laughs> basically took a lot of uh, her fans with her, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Point. Do but you think that like when she got to when she got to L.A. that she was sort of like Axl Rose in the beginning of the Welcome to the Jungle video? Just getting he, off the bus. Because he was from Indiana. He right, was getting off true. the bus. with what He had like a, like, a, like a stalk of wheat that he was chewing on. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, it was like a literal hayseed. Yes. It could be a similar deal, though. Like, maybe anybody who comes, musicians who come from Indiana to L.A., immediately go trash a hotel room, which is why they were renovating it, 
in the video. They're just trying to make it look presentable. That's quite for the, the hypothesis. It Indiana is musician. And super reliable. Yeah, that yeah. man has not yeah. aged well. Axel Rose. Yeah, he doesn't look the same as he did. No. I mean, who does? But you know, the good the thing good thing oh, about Slash, <laughs> the good thing yeah, pretty for the most part. The good thing about Slash is he's got that still got that fucking, you know, with the conch shell silver conch shells hat like Mad Hatter had on, and all his hair is still in his face. Of course, you can dye hair. And all his hair is still in his face, so nobody can see what he looks like back then or now. He's probably got like a giant bald spot here. It's just yeah. You know, my you know what? He's got enough money to fix that. So <laughs> true. I, I probably told the slash story that I had a roommate who worked at the newsstand that was like how you know like it's really just a front for back room filled with porn, and he showed up and bought five thousand dollars worth of porn. Good God. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 What? Well, you know what? Why you're slash? Yeah, you can have live porn. <laughs> like, just perform Snap for your you. fingers and it's yeah. there. But that right. reminds me, and I think I brought this up on the oh, yeah. show before, but it reminds me of that uh, that uh, Todd Berry bit where he was talking about walking through Central Park and seeing the bass player. I was just telling somebody from, that story. Uh, from, the spin doctors, from the Spin Doctors reading, reading Bass Player magazine. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, what are the odds? It's a little <laughs> on the nose. It is a little on the nose. I just told somebody that story not even two weeks ago. Mark, I totally stepped on your reply. No, that's okay. I was trying to bring us back to the show. Yeah. Um, I've got next week. You do? Yeah. I'm picking the Libertines. Okay. I have never, I don't, I couldn't name you a Libertine song. It just song. sounds like a band you would pick. Probably. Yeah. And Hail Hail. Uh, uh, the I fuck am. is the name of that crazy ass singer from that band? Oh, God damn it. I would have said he it. He used to Eric date Doherty. like is Kate Moss. Pete something? Pete, something. Pete Doherty. Yeah. 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 yeah Pete yeah, yeah. Doherty, yes. He is, he's kind of a train wreck. Um, kind of? Yeah, that's the rumor anyway. But I don't I don't know any of their music, and they're kind of considered garagey, which is sort of my thing. In your wheelhouse. One yeah. of my things. So what album? Uh, Up the Bracket, their first record. Uh, produced by uh, fucking from The Clash. Uh, Joe Strummer, not him. The other one, uh, Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mick Jones. Mick Jones. Yeah. Joe Strummer was was not of this earthly. Yeah, oil. he's been gone for I don't know what twenty years now, something like yeah. that. Like two thousand two, two thousand three. Okay, yeah, close to yeah, it. Close to it. Anyhow, yes, the Libertines up the bracket. Libertines up the bracket. Yow! <laughs> <laughs> this is how You're gonna love our eggs. Henderson <laughs> <laughs> Valley eggs. Now, now we don't even need to do the show. We've already we've already Squables. covered. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good get, times. Holy moly! Get us out of here. All right. Well, I guess that's that. Until next week, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Mark. I'm Shane. This is somebody likes it.